Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job has an important message all about resolve. The only way that you can re- resist and withstand giving in to culture is if you are clear and strong about the identity of who you are and your identity as a believer of Christ is greater than the identity of your culture. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, standing up to peer pressure isn't easy, especially when it comes to matters of faith. But Mark, we're going to learn from the example of Daniel now. You know, Wayne, I love the word resolve. Uh, scripture says that Daniel resolved in his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, look up the definition of resolve, and it means to decide firmly on a course of action. You know, we live in a society today where you as a believer in Jesus will be pressured. You will be pushed. You will be pressured to compromise, to change your beliefs. You will feel it intensely. And um, I believe that we need to learn what Daniel did. He resolved in advance that I will not cave in to the Babylonian culture. And so this is such a relevant message for us today. So timely, isn't it? Well, let's get after it now. Daniel chapter 1. The message is called The Power of Resolve. And here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. When I hear the word allegiance, the very first image that comes to my mind is the Pledge of Allegiance. I grew up in Spain, as some of you know. But when I was in fourth grade, my parents came back to the U.S. and I was, I spent one year in an American school at fourth grade. And the first day of class, all the children showed up and the teacher said, let us stand, students, and all the children stood. And we faced an American flag and the teacher said, let's say the Pledge of Allegiance. I'd never seen that. I didn't know the Pledge of Allegiance. I had to learn it. And every student put their hand over their heart and they said those familiar words that so many of you have repeated as a child. I pledge allegiance to the flag, come on, you know it, of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then the children would sit down. This is a unique thing that Americans do. It's a pledge of allegiance to what our flag stands for. And I, I looked up the word allegiance again. And the word allegiance means when you say, I pledge allegiance, you are saying, I promise loyalty and commitment to an individual, a group, or a cause. I was interested and I looked up the history of the Pledge of Allegiance and found out that it was actually written by a Baptist minister in 1892 to boost patriotism in America when American patriotism was at an all-time low. And so there was a, a movement to put flags in every small school and to have the children recite this Pledge of Allegiance to boost their... Uh, understanding and commitment to our country and what this country stands for. But this series is not about allegiance to a flag. 
This series is about allegiance to something bigger than a flag, and it's allegiance to God. You see, all of us as Christians or believers, we live in a foreign land, in a country that's not our own. Oh, we may be Americans by citizenship, but we have an allegiance to something that's greater than America. We have an allegiance to God. And even if our culture changes in this country, our allegiance to God and who he stands for needs to remain stronger than any allegiance that we could ever, that we could ever see. And so the book of Daniel really talks to us about what it means to be strong in a culture that is not always sympathetic or friendly. Let's be honest, folks. Most of us live in neighborhoods or work at jobs or go to schools that aren't necessarily sympathetic to Christian values. How about it? I would venture to say that if you are living for God and embracing the values of Jesus Christ, that you are going to be considered at one time or another a little bit of an oddball at your job, at your school, at your work. That you're going to be living in a way that other people look and don't quite understand. That if you really, really choose to live for God and have an allegiance to the kingdom, that you will be more and more not mainstream, but you will be marginalized stream. That you will be less and less in the center of everything and more and more at the edges of things. Because the culture that we have chosen to follow is a kingdom culture. And oftentimes that kingdom culture clashes with the culture in which we live. And that's what the book of Daniel is all about. It's about a man who finds himself in an anti-God of the Bible culture, but yet he doesn't lose his convictions and lives strong in a society, in a culture that does not embrace his values. And so I want you to look in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. I want to begin reading um, just one verse out of Daniel chapter 1, which I think is the key verse in all of, all of this first chapter. It's talking about Daniel, and in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but Daniel resolved, literally it says, resolved in his heart not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asked the chief official to permissions not to defile himself this way. I love this word. And Daniel resolved in his heart not to defile himself. You know what the word resolve means? Resolve means to decide firmly on a course of action. To determine, to decide, to make up one's mind, determination to do something. Resolve has the idea of elements of conviction, focus, goal, strong decision. You know, what's amazing about this story is that if you read the background a little bit of Daniel, you'll discover that Daniel was probably no more than 15 or 16 years old at the time. Here's a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old that is living the worst scenario that any 15 or 16 year old could live. He's actually being captured from his house 
because the Babylonian empire had overcome Judah. Judah had aligned itself with the Egyptians and the Babylonians had come against the Egyptians. They had ransacked Judah and they had taken captives, not entire population, but the young men with the greatest potential. They had taken them as captives. Many of them were 15, 16, 17 years old. Daniel is living in a time where the temple of the God he worships, the God of the Bible, has been ransacked, the gold has been taken, he's been taken hundreds of miles away to live at a different place, a different country, a different culture, different society, and yet he makes a resolution in his mind. He resolves in his heart, although life is bad, injustice is here, oppression is all around me, I will not defile myself. I have chosen to follow God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I think we can learn some things from Daniel. And so I believe that a strong resolve or a decision gives you four advantages. And I want to talk to you about the four advantages of a strong decision. In fact, I am convinced here this morning that there are some of you here, some of you are teenagers, and some of you have long since been teenagers. But some of you here need to make a choice today and decide, decide, make a resolute decision not to defile yourself. In fact, my goal is that some of you, before you leave this place, will make a decision. Do you resolve in your mind where the line is, what line you will not cross and make a decision before God? I believe when you make a strong decision, there are four things that happen with a strong decision, four advantages that you have. Number one, write these down if you're taking notes. Number one, a resolve prepares you to resist enculturation. Notice what happens to Daniel. He's taken along with several other of his friends hundreds of miles away. And in verse 3 it says, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief court official, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men, without any physical defect, handsome, showing the aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. So they chose the men that they thought had the greatest potential, took them captive in order to enculturate them into a new culture so they would serve the Babylonians. And this is what they did. He was in charge of teaching these young men the language and the literature of the Babylonians. They were to assign them food, Babylonian food, from the king's table and they were to be trained for three years in the Babylonian ways, and then they would enter into the king's service. And before they did anything, they took these men and they changed their names. So Daniel was no longer Daniel. His name was, was to be called Belshazzar. Hananiah, they changed his name to Shadrach. Mishael, they changed his name to Meshach. And Azariah, they changed his name to Abednego. Here's what I want you to understand from this. 
The world tries to change us and enculturate us to live comfortably in the culture that's around us. And the only way they can do that is to try to change your identity so your identity becomes the identity of the world around you. Are you tracking with me? Yes, and we'll continue this Bold Steps message with Mark Job in a moment. But before we do, we want to make sure you never miss out on these Bible teaching programs, no matter what your schedule looks like. And that's why we've made it easy to find and listen to these messages on our website, boldstepsradio.org. You can also find these Bible lessons right from your phone by subscribing to our Bold Steps podcast. Just open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and tap the subscribe button to take these teachings with you wherever you go. All right, now let's join Mark Job again for the second part of today's Bold Steps lesson. It's titled, The Power of Resolve. There are some of you kids, for example, here, that unless you make a resolve, you're going to go off to college, say goodbye to your weeping mother, have your books, move into a dorm. And as soon as you're out of your house, you're going to have to decide, was the faith and values that I was raised with, are those my faith and values, or is that my parents' faith and values? Because it's the faith and value of your parents, then as soon as you're out of your parents' household, you're going to live like everybody else lives. If it's your values and your faith, then you will take your faith with you wherever you go. Are you with me? There are some, some of you that are moving from junior high to high school. If you, not, if you have not made a clear decision to follow Christ yourself, when you go into high school, you will become what every other high school is. You will adopt the peer pressure of the high school students around you unless you determine, this is my faith, these are my values, this is my decision. In other words, you have to make a resolve. Daniel, they were trying to change his name. His name actually honored God, but his new name dishonored God. I believe that what the world is trying to do and what the world will try to do to you, it will try to rob your identity, your God-given identity, and cause your identity and give you a new identity, an identity that's like all the world around you. If you're going to stand different in a culture that's pressuring you, you have to know who you are. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, You're not just a high school student, you're first of all a follower of Jesus. You're not just a college student, you're first of all a follower of Jesus. You're not just a worker at your job, you're first of all a follower of Jesus. And you need to know who you are because I believe that everyone who chooses to follow Jesus, their faith will be tested. What a resolve does is a resolve helps you fight this enculturation. Listen, when you go to work, you finally get that job. The first couple months at your job, things are going well. They're paying you what you wanted. Finally, you get the benefits that you've been really looking for. You like the environment that you're working for. And then your boss tells you, hey, tell the person when they call that I'm not in. And you figure that's a small request. He asked me, he's my boss. And you have to decide at that moment, do I lie for someone because they're my boss? 
Or do I know who I am as a Christian and I say, you know what, I'm a Christian. My boss may have given me my job, but my Savior has given me my life. And my allegiance is to my Savior above my boss. Are you going to put your hand over the phone and say, excuse me, sir, I don't lie for anybody. That's where the test comes in. I'm talking about your culture, your values will be tested. You go to high school and every single person in high school is cheating on the test. They know how to do it. They're passing the test around. Someone got a hold of the test before and they email you a file of the test so that you have it in advance. Everybody's getting a B plus or an A and you have to decide, hold on, am I going to follow that or am I going to say, no, sorry, I don't cheat because my allegiance belongs to someone higher and greater than who I am. That's the testing, enculturation. And unless you know who you are, you will become like everybody else. Unless you know where you stand, then you will follow into what is culturally and normally accepted by the culture that's around you. The only way that you can resist and withstand giving into culture is if you are clear and strong about the identity of who you are and your identity as a believer of Christ is greater than the identity of your culture. I know I'm talking to someone here today. Number two, a resolve empowers you to overcome testing. You see, Daniel, it says in verse 8, resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief officials for permission not to defile himself in this way. So, You say, well, what was the big deal about Daniel eating the food that was given to him? Well, there were two problems with eating the food that defiled Daniel's conscience. Number one, the food wasn't kosher according to the laws of the Old Testament, and Daniel was Jewish, and there were strict kosher laws. And secondly, a lot of the food in those days, especially meat, had been sacrificed to the gods or the idols of those days. So many of the ancient cultures viewed eating meat sacrificed to idols as an act of worship. Daniel knew that if he were to eat the meat and drink the wine, that he would be in essence participating in idol worship that was acceptable in the culture. Everybody did it, but he knew that it would violate his conscience. So as a 15 or 16 year old boy, he approaches the chief of staff, so to speak, and he says to him, hey, I have a proposition for you. I would like for us not to have to eat the meat and the wine, but we'll eat the vegetables and the food because it would violate our conscience if we had to eat the meat. Now, he was taking a big risk. He was embracing a test. He was basically saying, I've drawn a line in the sand that I'm not willing to cross, and if there is a consequence to it, I will take the consequence, but I have resolved that I will not 
defile myself before God. Now, this is a powerful statement for a young man to take. And it tells us in verse 10, but the, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the king who's assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would have my head because of you. In other words, what the chief was saying is, hey, normally when you eat meat, you get a little beefier. You look better. And if I don't feed you what everybody else is eating, then you're going to look skinny and, uh, and, and, and not as healthy as the other people. And I'm going to lose my job or my life because of this. So this was a dilemma. There was a test that was happening. But Daniel had decided, I'm not going to cross this line. I'm not going to defile myself. If my conscience is against it, I will not do it no matter what the cost will be, I will not do it. I am convinced that unless you decide in advance what you're going to do, that what happens in the moment of pressure, unless you make a strong resolve, chances are that under pressure, you're going to cave into the pressure unless there's a clear drawn line. Are you tracking with me? Daniel had determined in advance I will resolve not to defile myself. And so when the testing time came, Daniel knew where the line was and he said, I will not cross that line because I've determined in advance. So not only does resolve prepare you to resist enculturation, resolve empowers you to overcome testing and number three, resolve gives you the courage to influence others. Verse 11 says, Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. What I want you to notice about these verses is that when Daniel was willing to stand alone, he also attracted others that were willing to stand with him. You see, some people are looking for someone that believes strongly enough that they're willing to stand for their convictions and stand for their faith. We're looking for someone that's not ashamed of being a follower of Jesus. Someone that knows who their allegiance is to. And they may whisper over to you and say, you know what, people are calling you names. Like Jesus Freak, Bible Thumper, Mother Teresa II. I mean, they have all kinds of names. You're a, a sect, a cult, you're, you're, you're a, a fanatic, you're a freak. Do you know they're calling you that? But when you say, you know what, that's okay because my allegiance is to someone greater, someone higher, someone bigger. I am a follower of Jesus the Christ. And we'll continue learning more about the power of resolve when we return for tomorrow's program right here on Bold Steps with Mark Job. But before then, take a moment to visit our website at boldstepsradio.org and check out some of the unique opportunities and faith-building resources we've made available, like our Bold Stepper Weekly. This devotional comes straight from the desk of Mark Job each Monday morning, right to your inbox, offering further insight and encouragement from God's Word. There are ministry updates and bits of wisdom as well to take you into your week. 
You can sign up today for free with no obligation and receive next week's edition by going online to boldstepsradio.org. And another great resource you'll find on our website is called the Bold Step Gift. Mark, tell us more about this. God's kingdom isn't just about theology or church attendance. It isn't just about religious ideas or an obscure concept. God's kingdom is about the new world and seeing your place in it. And if you're looking for a better view of this kingdom, you'll want a copy of this month's Bold Step Gift. In his book, The Kingdom Agenda, Dr. Tony Evans lays out the blueprint for every person who calls themselves a Christian. With lots of practical advice on how to live for the kingdom, this is one book you'll want to refer to again and again. Dr. Evans doesn't just describe the kingdom of God. He pushes you further into it by showing you how to serve our heavenly king today. My friends, this is a spiritual tool you need in your armory. If you serve in a church in any capacity, be sure to request your copy of this Bold Step gift today. Again, the book is called The Kingdom Agenda, and we'll send it right to your door when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Thank you, Mark. To send your financial gift today, visit boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Kingdom Agenda and give your financial gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. That's all our time for today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for the final half of this lesson on the power of resolve. That's Friday right here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.